<laughs> He's good all the time. <laughs> he never changes like the weather. <laughs> I am the Lord, I change not. <laughs> He's always the same. You get up in the morning and Father God is saying, are you awake? <laughs> have you come to have fellowship with me this morning? <laughs> and, and the Father God is waiting for his children, isn't he? Andrew Murray says he's waiting for you to come and have communion with him and to worship him and to praise him and to adore him. You know, I was saying to some folks yesterday, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, they're in perfect communion. Perfect union. And he wants us right there. Why? Because Jesus is the glorified man right there. And we have been quickened, (laughs) and we have been made new, and he's the firstborn, and we are brought in through what he did when he rose again from the dead. So the thing to do is keep in communion, and keep in union, and then we enjoy the wonderful love, joy, peace, the fruit of the Spirit in our life, which carries us through everything. So we can say like the Apostle Paul, when we look at trouble, none of these things move me. I remember when I was about 40-something, and I was going through a very severe trial in my life, and I was shaking like the jelly on the plate. (laughs) And the Lord said to me, well, the Apostle Paul is saying to you, none of these things move me. I said, Lord, everything moves me. (laughs) And that's when I started digging. (laughs) And you've got to start digging. (laughs) And when you start digging... (laughs) You find a bit of gold, and then you find a bit more gold. (laughs) And then you're on an excavation, and you begin to find the truth, the gold, the nuggets, as we heard last night, of the Word of God. And it feeds us, it strengthens us. You see, we cannot live this life without the Word of God. You cannot live a spiritual life without God's Word and God speaking to you having communion with your father. You know, Moses was very gifted. He'd met God at the burning bush, and God had empowered him. He got converted. He had a rod with all this power. He could stand before Pharaoh, you know, which was quite remarkable. Uh, A man at the backside of the desert for 40 years, he'd forgotten even how to speak. He'd been with sheep and goats so long, but when God said to him, you speak, and remember he said, I can't speak. And he said, well, Brother Aaron will do the speaking then. But you see, and God said to him in Deuteronomy 8, 8, man, you don't live just by these signs and wonders and miracles. You live by every word I speak to you. And you just have to obey it and do it. And you know, it's difficult for us because we live in an environment because We've got voices on phones, on e-pads, on computers, on TV, on the news. We've got all this stuff going on. But you've got to get disconnected and get connected to heaven, haven't you? Somehow you've got to get alone. As Thomas at Kempis said, I have to get alone with the book. In a nook with the book, he used to say. I got, you've got to get in a nook somewhere. 
As Andrew Murray says, you've got to get alone with God and get away from all this. Every day you've got to find a place where you sit at Father's feet and Jesus is your high priest and the Holy Ghost is your comforter. (laughs) It's wonderful. You see, but some people, they're trying to run on empty. You can't run on empty. You need to get filled each day. You need to get this communion and union with God each day. And as Paul was saying last night, we have to learn to walk in the light as he is in the light. And then the blood of Jesus is continually covering you as you walk in the light. But this word of God is so important. It is our bread and butter. It is our meat, our drink. It is everything that we need. And, you know, um, sometimes you feel inadequate. But, you see, if you can get into union, you're drawing strength from God Almighty. And he is your source. And he is your empowerment. And he, he anoints you then with fresh oil every day. You need to get anointed. Come on. You need an anointing on your life of fresh oil. Isn't it? We need this anointing to flow upon us. And, you know, we heard last night about Esther. And she she went and she got all this preparation. She got anointed for 12 months. All sorts of stuff. Well, it's to meet the king. And then the scepter came out. You see, in Father's, Father's presence, it's like the scepter coming out to you and saying, there's my favor. There's my blessing. You can't live without favor, God's favor and God's blessing, because God's favor on your life is supernatural. It's creative. It creates things for you that weren't there before. Why? Because God can steady your mind. As we heard last night, people are troubled in their minds. Why? Because they need more of this, the Word of God. The Word of God renews your mind. David understood this about the soul. If you read the first, I think it's about 50 Psalms, I think it's about 25 times David mentions the soul. You see, your soul area has got to be saved on a continual basis or renewed then because it's between your body and your spirit. And if you don't get your soul right, you can't get through to the place where your spirit man is, where it's in Christ. You understand what I'm saying there? This is very important. This is where a lot of people go wrong. They don't get it. Because as I was reading these words in John 17, it says, and Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. As th- And this is the statement, as thou hast given him power over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as I was given him. That's eternal life. This is the eternal life. You need the everlasting life coming into your whole system. And when that power comes in, in the inner man, it puts right everything in the outer man. Do you get this? 
If you're seeking healing, it's something that comes from heaven inside your spirit man and it goes out and it quickens your mortal body, as it says in Romans 8. And so you suddenly are walking now in the spirit that's supernatural. It's not earthly, it's, a, it's an anointing. As it says in Hebrews, he hath anointed them with the oil of joy above his fellows. Why do we feel so happy in God? Why do we laugh? <laughs> Why do we feel joy? Why do we want to jump? Because we feel this joy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not natural. And you can laugh when you don't feel so good. You can say ha, 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 and ho, ho, ho. Because as I said the other night, God sits in the heavens and says, as Jesus says here, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which you've given me to do. Jesus has finished the work. Think about it. You've just got to receive it <laughs> and believe it and, and walk in it. But this is this walking in it that we've got to do. And you know, I can see, and I've said this before, God planned this before eternity. This is all planned. God is a master planner. <laughs> Jesus came at the right time, or as Galatians 4 said, in the fullness of time to redeem them that were under the curse of the law. He's come right on time. So you make sure you be on time in his presence each day so you get what you need every day, your daily bread, your anointing, your fresh oil, so that you can function that day and you'll be okay. Fear will go. Fear will go. Fear is the great enemy of faith. Fear is the great enemy of faith. It's finished. Jesus said, I have glorified thee. I have finished the work. Jesus has finished the work. Hallelujah. It's been accomplished. And as you look into this, when you understand what Jesus has done, an old preacher said, it's the direct road to peace. You need peace. Do you know what peace is? Wholeness. In Hebrew, your spirit and your soul and your body are all one, whole. There's nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing decrepit. It's all completely made whole. Jesus has made peace, hasn't <laughs> he? He's broken down that middle wall of a petition. You've got nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Because if Christ is in you, Paul says in Romans 8, who in the world can be against you? What does, what does Jesus reveal to us in such a big way that God is not just almighty God, and he is, but he's your father if you're one of his children as John the Apostle says, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon me, you, that we are the children of God. Is anything? Nothing is too hard for God. You've just got to simply believe it. But as we heard last night, you've got to walk in it. 
get up and walk. Get up and talk. And use this word against the enemy. Use this word against the facts. Because this word is creative and it can change the facts and make them whole. Peace. Wholeness is what I need, what you need. And we can have it. You know, I've got a little book and, uh, and I think Julie's got this little book now. And this lady says some things in that book. I suppose if some of it was preached today, they gulp. The church would gulp. I don't know whether I can eat. I don't know whether I could swallow that. I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. She's right, this old lady. <laughs> she came after Maria Woodward Etta. Always remember David Greenow gave me this book on a journal of Maria Woodward Etta, a little woman. Didn't she have some trials? <laughs> Didn't she have some difficulties? But she triumphed over them all. (laughs) And didn't she see some signs and wonders and miracles? And that's what we need to see. But God has got to get you up to this level, got to get me up to this level. As Mrs. Newsom says, when none of the curse is on you. You see, you're completely redeemed. But she says a lot of God's people are walking with part of the curse on them. Mm. But we need to get free. Don't be satisfied until you're completely free. As, as, as Julia read Acts 10.38, he was, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy all those that are oppressed and set us completely free. We're supposed to rejoice in God's house. We're supposed to rejoice. We're supposed to be happy. This is not some dirge. This is that in the presence of God is fullness of joy. Isn't it? It's fullness of joy. And at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. And the religion says to me, oh, you can't have that. Yes, you can. I'm not sticking no religion. You can keep your leaven. Can't you? Get rid of it. Let's have the presence of God. Let's have the power of God. Hallelujah. Well, I want to speak to you. <laughs> I've been trying to come to this. <laughs> Do you know that... <laughs> You know, Moses was one of these men that didn't even think of his generation. He thought of the next generation. And that's what we've got to think about. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He got a man who, you know, there were t- remember the 12 leaders of the tribes of Israel? And uh, they, they all went in to have, spy out the promised land. And they looked at the facts, didn't they? <laughs> Are you looking at the facts? <laughs> you mustn't look at the facts. <laughs> you must look at the word of God. <laughs> you must look at the will of God. You must look at the promise of God. This is our challenge, isn't it? Anyway, one of them was called Caleb, and the other one was called Ashir. <laughs> Now, Ashir was of the tribe of Ephraim. Caleb was the tribe of 
Judah, and they were the only two that said, it's brilliant, this land. (laughs) It's brilliant. It's got grapes like oranges there. Let's get in there. (laughs) And the other ten said, oh, no. (laughs) There's giants there. And there's, oh, there's there's this and there's that and the other there. They were looking at the facts. This is the truth. What are you looking at? The truth or the facts? But if you don't read this, if you don't meditate this, if you don't get words from God coming to you each day, what you're looking at will overwhelm your soul. Your will, your mind and emotions, and you'll feel this, and you'll see this, and you'll think this, and in the end, you're thinking with what somebody calls stinking thinking. <laughs> no, we've got to keep looking, James says, into this perfect law of liberty. And what happens? We see the plan of God. We see a person sitting at the right hand of Father who's conquered all our enemies. The work of redemption is finished. And he's saying, just come up here with me. And sit with me, and when you sit with me, everything looks very different. Because those giants suddenly become like dinky toys. It's where you're sitting, isn't it? It's where you're living is our problem. Anyway, he got Joshua out of the, and he got him out. Remember when I spoke up before, and he, he had to go without the camp? and took the tabernacle outside the camp, well, that's a bit like us glory people. We're a bit outside the camp. Because we want the presence of God. We can't stick performance. We've had up enough of the lights and the smoke. We just want the presence of God. (laughs) We just want the presence of God. Oh, there's nothing like it. (laughs) And... So he gets Joshua out there and he trains him. He trains Joshua. And he trains this man. And he tells him, and we haven't got all the time to read all this, and you can read it in numbers and where he gets him. And then it says in Joshua, and after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass, the Lord spake to Joshua. Well, he was used to being spoken to by God. He'd been trained. And now God was speaking to him. And God is supposed to be speaking to you. Thank God for every ministry. Brilliant. Thank God for everyone that helps us. But do you know you're his child? You belong to Father God. And you can come to him. As Andrew Murray says every day. And fellowship and commune with him. Stop thinking about all these other things. Put Jesus first, isn't it? This is, this is the test for us. It's not easy, is it? And it says that Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, arise, go over this Jordan and this land I will give you. And, the, and every place, this is walking again. <laughs> this is how we walk. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given you as I did to Moses. we got to walk like Abraham did. He walked through this land. He kept walking. Despite the famine, despite the strife, despite the wars, 
despite all this, the problem with Ishmael, despite all these things, he kept walking. And the more he walked and obeyed God, God kept appearing to him. See, God will start appearing to you. You will have this manifestation of his presence in your life. And you'll say, oh Lord, your presence. Oh, that's what I need, Lord. That's just what I need. That's what I need in my life. And it says, and they, and they shall keep walking. Every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I have given to you, as, said, as I said to Moses. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of the life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail thee, and I will not forsake thee. Well, wouldn't Jesus say that to you? I never leave you. I never forsake you. You've got to start talking and walking with God. You can do it. Why? Because God has manifested himself in the Son of God, who's became the Son of Man, and the Son of Man now is now in the Godhead, and he identifies with us. So when we come to our Father in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's with us, we can have a confirmation in our spirit, and we can walk with God. Yeah, we can. You can do it. And this is what he said to him, and this is what we have to do. Only be thou strong and very courageous. It was served to do all the law that Moses, my servant, and turn not from it to the right or the left. For this book of the law shall not depart, what? Out of your mouth. I know some of the grace people have great difficulty with this when you talk about law. But the word of God is spiritual law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Get it? This is spiritual power. It's spiritual law. It's been empowered by God. God is behind this word. As we said yesterday, it's a creative word. It changes things, doesn't it? We've got to believe it. It shall not depart out of your mouth, and what? Thou shalt meditate thereon day and night, that you might observe to do all that's written therein, and then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then shall you have good success. Well, I'd like good success, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to be prosperous? Well, you can be prosperous. You can. God can give you stuff that you need. I tell you what, he gave it to David. Didn't he? He walked with God. Look at the stuff. David, a master fortune. And Solomon just inherited it all. and Built that magnificent house. When in a sense, our Solomon is Jesus. We heard. And he's building a magnificent house. And you know you're part of it. Do you know you are part of it? You are lively stones of this house to offer up what? Spiritual sacrifices that are what? Acceptable to God. And this is what I've got to do. I'm called to this. 
Now, some people are called to make tea and buns. I'm not. I'm not tea and bun man and tea and cakes, you know. All very good. I know what my calling is. I'm supposed to wait on God and and pray and wait in the presence of God. And if God tells me to do something, I do it. You can't do something without empowerment from God. You can have a great desire to save the whole world. But if you're running on empty, you're not going nowhere. Oh, I'd like to evangelize the world and I'm going to surrender all. You know, it's all a bit of a performance. Oh, no. It's what you're doing in your, in your private time, in your presence of God. This is what's the problem in the church. You can't do nothing out there till you've got the equipment from heaven to do it. Moses wanted to go to Egypt. Of course he wanted to go to He wanted to get all those people out of bondage. He couldn't do it. Without the equipment, the burning bush, he got converted. He got changed. He got empowered. That's what we need. We need empowerment. But where do we get it? We get it connected to the power. That's in the throne room. That's why it's so important we get through the soul area into our spirit area to get into the holiest of all. Isn't it? You see, your body is like the outer, like the brazen altar. The holy place is like your soul. And then the, and your spirit is like the holiest of holies because it's got contact with God, Christ in you, isn't it? But if you don't present your body a living sacrifice and get all the nonsense burnt off you, you can't get through your soul area because your mind's all messed up. I'm offended <laughs> or whatever, you know. Oh, somebody didn't like me, and all this nonsense. And all this, you know, and this and that and the other. And something happened to me 30 years ago. And this, you know, and I'm still feeling it now, and all this. And, and you know, I got the grumps and the grimes, and, 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 and I can't get off Grumble Street. And I've got this wrong with this, and this wrong with that, and I've got this, and i got that, and i got the other. Well, you have to learn to forget the facts and get hold of the truth <laughs> and change the facts by the truth because you're, you can walk and talk with God. <laughs> and when you walk and talk with God, Pharaoh gets smaller and smaller. Pharaoh was diminishing every time Moses visited him. <laughs> Wasn't he? <laughs> and then when he got all his massive army on them, God just... Drowned them in the Red Sea. Just think about it. That's how big God is. <laughs> he can do anything. You've just got to have faith in who, who he is so that you can believe you can have what he says you can have, but you have to meditate on it. Chew it over. Think about it. Think about it. You know, the, it's like this Syrophoenician woman. I can't get over this woman. As Luther says, she gets the gospel before everybody else does. Because she meets the challenge and she gets the offer. It's all on the table. Oh, I tell you, there's nothing too hard for God to them to believe. Oh, I tell you. And this is it. He says, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For, 
got something written on here. I can't read the top of the writing. Oh, with the whithersoever thou goest. I believe we should be a Joshua company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he says, Paul says, as Moses was over that house, Christ is over this house. That's our house. So our Moses is Jesus. Isn't it? Now, are you going to fear or are you going to walk by faith? You can't do it without the word. Why? Because faith cometh by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Yeah. In your soul area, there's the labor. And you wash in this word and it changes your thinking. So that you can get into the holy place where there's what? The bread. You need the bread of life. That's where the incense is. You start worshipping. You start worshipping. And that's where the light is. As we heard last night when Paul spoke, the revelation is where the light is. You need revelation. It's little by little. It's bit by bit. Precept by precept. As God has trained Abram to have Isaac, and then when he had eyes, he had to train him to understand that it was his son, not Abram's son, that was coming to provide, to break the curse, to break the dominion of Satan. The seed is in you, brother and sister. You've got it in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Why is the seed of Christ in you? You're born of this incorruptible seed. You're born of God. You're more than a conqueror. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Why? Because it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. Isn't it wonderful? You see, the gospel doesn't patch up your problem, doesn't put a plaster on it. It roots it out. It gets the sin out. It, the blood of Jesus cleanses you and the water of the word washes you so you're fit now to enter the holy place to worship. Do you know, we shouldn't ever come into God's house without first washing and having cleansing. Never turn up in God's house without first being washed and then cleansed by the blood. As we heard last night, and the Apostle John says, you're walking in the light. Look here, is there anybody bigger than God? Is there anybody more to be revered than God? You know, we've got a kind of Christianity today as though God is some sort of old man with a beard handing out lollipops, you know. It's ridiculous. And that grace is some sort of thing that sort of, you know, doesn't really matter what you do, everything will be all right, you know. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. The book of Leviticus tells you, Be ye holy, for I am holy. If God has made a place for you to be cleansed and washed, you better make sure you're cleansed and washed. Otherwise, you're going to come unstuck, as so many of the people we know around us. They go so far, and then they fall down some ditch somewhere, and they're gone. 
No, we're dealing with Almighty God. Think of Esther. What a preparation from that woman to meet the king. God is preparing you. He's preparing me. And I tell you what, he's done it all for us, but we've got to be willing to be sanctified. We have. We've got to be willing to be washed and cleansed, our sanctification. And every day you can think wrong things. You can say, I don't like that person. And the Lord says, hang on, hang on. Love your enemies, forgive your brother. Don't walk in anger and unforgiveness. And, and don't you speak evil of anyone. Henry used to say, if you've got nothing good to say about people, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. God's the judge. We're not the judge. He's the judge. Jesus said, judge not that you be not judged. It's easy to say, point one finger, and there's three pointing at you. It's true. You know, we, I remember when I was young and a ministry came. I remember Henry was quite annoyed about this. This ministry came from America. I remember I went to hear him in Cardiff. And he preached for four hours, this bloke. Four hours. I thought, when is he going to stop? And there happened to be an Elam church nearly opposite there. And he, he, took the, he took a whip. He actually had a whip on the platform. And he took the whip out and he was whipping. And he said, these these green-eyed Pentecostals, he said, this they're gonna, they need whipping out, he said, and all this nonsense. I said, the Lord, I said, and he had an anointing, man. He was anointed, this bloke. He had anointing. Oh, yeah. He preached for four hours, mine. And I thought, I said, the Lord, I was only about, I said, what is all this, Lord? I said, you know, I've been in, and Henry was talked about the love away and don't say anything about people and, I think, what is all this? And the Lord said to me, ah, yeah, he's anointed, but not for much longer. <laughs> this is what the Lord said to me. I've never forgotten it. <laughs> he said, he's like Samson. He's, being, he's going down to Delilah, and shortly his hair's going to be cut. <laughs> I thought, yeah. And shortly after that, he actually died it. You can't mess with God. You don't mess with the anointing. <laughs> oh, no. You don't grieve the Spirit and get away with it. You better make sure you keep yourself right. Oh, yeah. There's some funny doctrines going around today, and they're not true. As Paul says in Galatians, it's another gospel, <laughs> but it's not the gospel. No. We've got to be careful. And mind you, God had used that man mightily. It's an absolute tragedy what happened to him. It was an absolute tragedy. Yeah, but that's how the enemy works. You see, it's not you that's doing it. It's Christ in you. Isn't it? It's not me being able to do this. It's Christ in me. Think about Jesus. Jesus said this, I don't do anything and I don't say anything, I don't hear my father saying. That's what he said. Well, we're supposed to follow Christ. And we've somehow got to come to this place where we just sit under Father God and sit under the person of Christ, our great high priest, and let the Holy Spirit minister the word to us. Look, when you come to this word, you might read, you know, I, I, I do my daily reading, going through the Bible every and, I didn't, and, and then I get into an epistle, and I just read the whole epistle, you know. Just read the whole thing. And then I think about that, and the Holy Spirit said to me, well, what about that? 
I say, what about that? I look at that, and a light goes on. Yeah, a light goes on. I think, oh, yeah, that's great, that Lord. And then the next thing, I'm on, I'm on a rabbit trail all through the Bible. You see, this seed business starts in Genesis, and it ends in Revelation. It goes right through the Bible. It's like the bloodline goes right through the Bible. The gospel goes right through the Bible. This seed of promise. Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful. And Joshua, this is very important instruction is, don't let it depart out of your mouth and meditate in it day and night. And then you'll have success. What is meditation? It's chewing it. It's thinking it over. You think it over. Like the other morning, yesterday morning, the Lord went me up at three o'clock and he was telling me all these things and I'm chewing it over. I said, Lord, I'm tired. I want to go back to sleep. And, and all the time he's chewing it over. He's coming. This word is coming. It's like, it's like you're being downloaded with something from heaven. And you need it. You've got to have it. Man does not live by bread alone, Jesus said in Matthew, but by every word. As David Green has said, all word you dry up, all spirit you blow up, they get both and you grow up. <laughs> and we need growth. I need more. I have not arrived. I'm, 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 I realize there's some more land for me to possess. There's more land for you to possess. There's more for you to have in your experience so that you'll be a greater blessing, that you'll be empowered, that when you pray for people, they'll be healed. And you'll be healed. Oh, yeah, we're in a gospel that works. This gospel works. We know Zechariah prophesied of this. I always remember I came back from his meeting and my mind was going like this. And the Lord took me to Zechariah 4. And Zechariah the prophet said to the church, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. I thought, yeah, it's that spirit. It's that spirit that's breaking down all this religion I've got. I thought Canaan was heaven. You know, they were singing this song, I crossed over Jordan and the Lord has led me to to a land of rejoicing and a land right to new and living in the glory. And I thought, Canaan, that's heaven. That was Pentecostal religion, see? No, Canaan's now. Canaan's now. You can possess your inheritance. You can have it now, isn't it? This is, this is where he said, we can walk on this and talk this. Well, can you go home and get the word in your mouth? So when the enemy comes to you with some stupid thought of fear or doubt or unbelief, you've got enough in your enough on your spiritual computer to say, I'll press the button and out comes the word. And the word, it says, is like a sword. And when the devil sees the sword, he flees in terror. He's defeated. You know, there's a great preacher, and he said, there's, th there's three kinds of churches. There's the defeated church, there's the militant church, and there's the triumphant church. 
A lot of people are defeated. And the militant church, they're waging war everywhere. There's demons everywhere. You know? And they're casting this out and doing this and doing that and the other. And they're planning this. And they go to towns and walk around walls and, and take cut to the demons into you know, the militant church. The, well, the problem is, Jesus has defeated the enemy. <laughs> He's a defeated foe. He's just a deceiver. We're the triumphant church. Are you triumphant? Hallelujah. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. Well, Joshua, he didn't lose one battle. He never lost one battle. Think about it. In fact, one day, it took him longer than a day. He said, sun, stand still, and moon. And the sun stood still. (laughs) Think about it. That is remarkable, isn't it? And you think it's with Joshua that all the hailstones came on the enemy. Big hailstones, you know. Just flatten them. Well, God can send some hailstones, as we said, on our enemies. Look, the enemy is defeated, but he's very crafty, he's very subtle, and he's very deceptive. There's only one thing you need against him to keep filled with the word of God. Isn't it? Because it's the sword of the Spirit. So you can use it. See, as I said before... (laughs) Some people are so weak. <laughs> they ain't got much voice. They can't praise God either because they got this and that and the other and uh, they can't even remember where their sword is. <laughs> and their shield is somewhere in the shed. <laughs> and they're all messed up and they've forgotten where their gospel shoes are. So when they go out, they're trampling like, oh, my foot, my foot, oh, my foot. <laughs> no, no. We've got to be prepared. <laughs> Haven't we? We've got to be prepared. Are you going to be prepared when you come to the house of God? You should never come empty to the house of God. Never. You should always be prepared. You've got to be ready. You've got to have oil in the lamps. You've got to keep filled. You've got to have light, enlightenment. Why? Because Jesus has paid a big price to give you access. I was reading about the crucifixion the other day. Oh, it's terrible. This man was speaking about they found new remains of people and how they pinned them to the cross. Oh! (laughs) But Jesus paid the price, didn't he? It's been paid in full. It's wonderful, isn't it? And and you are now a new creation because he rose triumphant above it all. You know, probably the most difficult thing that religious find in the teachings of Jesus, and this is a difficult one for us all, is, is in... In Mark's Gospel, and this is really the equivalent to what Joshua is saying. God said to Joshua, you you don't let the word of God depart out of your mouth, and you meditate in there day and night. Because, you see, what the word of God's doing when you're walking in it, and speaking it, and believing it, 
you're putting something inside your spirit that whether you realize it or not, the new man is getting fed. He's getting stronger. He's getting bigger. He's getting an enablement that cannot, he cannot, like you can't live without natural food. You need this word. So just get a Bible and read it. And say, Holy Spirit, help me. Or get a book, like I like certain books. One of those is this book, News. And, and I just dip into these books and I read a chapter one week. I read in something else again. Because these men have spent their whole lives, or these women, serving God. And they're giving you their whole life's experience on the page, aren't they? They're teaching you. And you see, this is the point, and this is what struck me, and I was, Ira and I were waiting on God, and we were listening to the word being preached, which we do continuously. <laughs> but we don't go to bed without the word of God on. We don't wake up in the morning without the word of God on. It's on 24-7, just about when we're awake. And even when we're asleep, sometimes it's going because we've gone to sleep and the thing's still switched on. You need the Word of God coming in the whole time. You need it continuously. You need to be continually hearing it. And he said, Jesus said, uh, in Mark 11, he says this, and in the morning as, oh, hang on. Oh, yes, it's in Matthew 11, verse 12. Mark 11, sorry, not Matthew. Mark 11, verse 12. And on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And he, seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if happily, he might find anything on. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said to the tree... Now, Jesus talks to trees because he created them. Yeah. And strangely enough, you can talk to things like this because you're a child of God, made in the image of God, and you can do the same thing. But anyway, that's another point. <laughs> no man eats of the fruit of the air after, and his disciples heard, and they came to Jerusalem, and he, remember he, he whipped out all these people with a their merchandise in the temple, he said, etc., etc. And then in verse 20, uh, 19, And when it was come, they went out the city, and in the morning, as they passed by, they saw this fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling the remembrance, said to him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And Jesus said to them these words, Have faith in God. Or have the God kind of faith. Now many people say, well I haven't got the God kind of faith. Because I'm only me. Uh, Well are you a child of God? Because if you're a child of God, when you got born again, Romans 12.3 says, you've been given a measure or a portion of the God kind of faith. Because you're made now renewed recreated, regenerated, born of the Spirit, and you're one of God's children. So you've got it. So what is Jesus saying? You have have the God kind of faith. For verily he says to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, 
Well, isn't that what Joshua said to the sun and the moon? He spoke to the sun and the moon, and it stood still. And evidently, that's why we got an extra day. Because it stood still for a whole day. Think about it. Be thou moved, and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you see them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, get that person you don't like out of that box and give him a good punch and put them back in. No. <laughs> no, it does not say that. It says, when you stand praying, forgive. <laughs> yeah. Forgive, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will he heaven forgive your trespasses. See, if we've been forgiven, we would really forgive. But when we don't really feel forgiven, we don't want to forgive anybody else. This is the problem, see. It's all to do with union and communion and understanding that the Godhead is in perfect union. One old writer said, they have a celebration every day, Father God and, and the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. And one writer said, they even dance every day. They dance. They dance for joy. And you know, when you get born again and you join in the Godhead, you can dance with them. You can rejoice with them. <laughs> Why? Because... This old world is about to be wrapped up and there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. And think about it, I'm going to be there. Isn't it wonderful? We're part of this new creation. Jesus didn't only renew man, he renewed the whole of creation. He died for the whole of creation. He is the creator, isn't he? Think about it. So you're part of this. He says, therefore I say unto you, so it's very important. As Henry used to say, You've got to walk by, this is the love way. You can't, you can't ask God, if you believe what Jesus has done for you, I was reading this article actually, when I was up here in this book. Maybe I should have brought it and read it to you. It's quite extraordinary what this man says. It's quite extraordinary what this old preacher says. I wish I could remember it all, but I tell you what, there are depths, there are truths in God that we need to get hold of because it will absolutely establish you. It will, it will put your feet, as Jesus said, on a rock. Nothing. When the storm hits you, you're immovable. You're in the rock. You know, it's like the psalmist says, Psalm 91, isn't it? We've got to understand who we are. Haven't we? We've got to understand what we have in Christ and that we're children of the Most High God. Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful. But this is the thing. Do you know, I've puzzled about this. I've read this for years. And I thought, what is this Jesus, you know? This fig tree, it says, well, it wasn't the time of figs. But if it wasn't the time of figs, why would Jesus want figs off a tree when it wasn't the time of figs? 
you know, I, I, I struggle with this whole thing. And, and, and I was sitting with him, I was listening to this, and I was thinking, and the Lord said to me, see, when I do something, I get the root out. What is the root of your problem? Jesus, the gospel, deals with the very root of it. It gets to the very source of it. You know, when God heals you and gives you something new, you're not patched up, you're healed. You're made whole, aren't you? And I tell you what, God wants us to be made completely whole. I'm not satisfied. Until I, and I've got things in my life, I'm, I'm, I'm stumbling over certain things at the moment. God is teaching me still to walk in the Spirit in the way I'm supposed to walk. And he's teaching me. Do you know if you can walk in the light? As we said with Abraham yesterday, how many times did Jesus appear to Abraham? It's three or four times. Yeah, because he believed the gospel. Will you believe the gospel? I'm going to believe the gospel. Why? Because it works. It does work. But you've got to walk in it. You've got to, you've got to do your spiritual service. You know, as Peter says, what he says in 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1, is it? No. No, it's 1 Peter, is it? Uh, I always get these, um, oh yeah, in, in 1 Peter 2, he says, Ye also are lively stones, verse 5, built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Wherever we hold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, precious elect, and he that believeth in him shall not be confounded. You will not be in doubt or problems. Why you will not be confounded. Unto you he believe is precious, but unto them is disobedient, he said. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. To what? Show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, I'm going to do that. Are you? You can do it. <laughs> you can win this war. And we're in a battle. You are. You're in a battle, but you can win it. Because you've got weapons that enable you to see. So you've got to train your new man that's in you. You've got to train him. You've got to train him by doing this. Number one, meditate the word of God. Secondly, give the, practice the word of God. Thirdly, give the word of God first place. And when God says to you to do it, do it. <laughs> and you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. And God is not going to take you out then before your time, because you're needed. Your body, your temple is needed here. Because it can be the temple of God that's offering up spiritual sacrifices and worship, and it's changing things in the spirit. Yeah, it is, it's changing things. Oh yeah. When you praise God and you worship God, you're doing something in the spiritual realm that <clears throat> you can't always see, and God will work it for you. Hallelujah. Praise God. You Firstly, that Jesus has finished the work, it's accomplished. 
as you look into this finished work, is the direct road to peace, joy, happiness. Don't look at yourself. Look at Jesus. Don't be subjective. Be objective. <laughs> Overcome your miseries and happiness. And firstly, realize it's this plan is definite, it's special, it's concrete, there's nothing vague about it. Jesus knew exactly what he came to do, and he did it. His work was to save mankind. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's wonderful. He has finished the work. Jesus has done it to restore fellowship for you, to deal with the problem of sin, to provide sin's forgiveness and justification. Salvation has been procured by a legal transaction signed and sealed by the blood of Jesus. And salvation is dealt with all your offenses in the sight of a holy God. Jesus has become our new head and representative. He is our mediator and he is our great high priest. Isn't it wonderful? Lord, we thank you this morning as we lift up our hands to you that you can meet every need that we've got according to your riches in glory. That, Lord, as we reach out in faith, we believe, Lord, that every need has been supplied according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And that you're waiting for your children to come and live in your house and eat off that table and take what they need. Lord, help us to see open eyes, and block deaf ears so they can see and hear the wonders of the glory of your house so that we will be people of praise and power and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you all.